0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, this is Anne. We have a member of our community on today's episode. We're going to call her Sandy. Before we get to her, we've added some sessions to our Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group. When you join, you get unlimited support every month from all of our amazing coaches. We created Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group for women just like you. Women who have a hard time getting childcare, they have a hard time getting out of their homes. They need support when they need the support. When you're in this situation of experiencing emotional abuse or psychological abuse or sexual coercion due to your husband's pornography use, it's not an enjoyable experience, number one, to contact your therapist and say, hey, I need to get in and hear that they're three weeks out for their appointments. Also, that the therapist might not understand it. They might encourage you to improve your communication or do something else, like try and solve your part of the problem which is not going to help you so go to our website btr.org and check out the session schedule we'd love to see you in a session today thank you to those of you who have rated the podcast if this podcast is helpful to you go to apple Podcasts or your other podcasting apps give us a five-star rating every single one of your ratings helps isolated women find us when you give it a review too it helps that algorithm out so that when women are searching for things, they can find us. And as our listeners know, this podcast is one of the best sources of information for women going through this. A lot of women say it's the safest podcast out there and that they're so grateful that they found us. So please help other women find us too. We're actually just going to dive right into her story and she's going to start with a little bit of backstory just for our listeners. So they kind of have a context for her situation. So welcome Sandy.
1: So it's hard to even know where to start because I feel like the timeline is so complicated. I was raped by my husband and then about a week after that happened I found out that there was pictures of me on pornography sites. So they were two completely separate incidences because the pictures Happened about eight years before. I just didn't know about them until a friend of mine told me. Said, I don't think you know this, but he puts pictures of you on porn sites.
0: Wow. You're raped by your husband, and then a week later, a friend says, you might not be aware, but there are some pictures of you on a porn site. And these pictures were taken eight years before.
1: When I heard that... I don't even know how to describe it. It was like horror. I mean, a sentence can knock the wind out of you and just make your spirit, my soul, like just torn apart. Like the only way I can describe it. And so I went home and I asked my husband, is this true? Are there pictures of me on porn sites? And he said, yes. And essentially, like I look back now and I think about that moment as like, Essentially, the end of everything. We were married for 13 years at that point, but we were together for 15. And, you know, this person that I had loved for 15 years, it's like he didn't exist anymore. It's like I didn't know who this person was who would do this to me. At that point, I hadn't identified what he had done to me as rape.
0: I was going to ask that. So can you describe what you thought at the time
1: had happened? I knew it was not good I knew it wasn't loving I knew I mean I was very confused about why it was happening what was going on I mean we had just had this terrible fight the next thing I knew he followed me up to the bedroom and I had my bathing suit on I was taking it off and the next thing I know you know we're having sex and I just thought I didn't know why and I thought if I would ask him to stop then he would yell at me more I talked about this with some friends, and they said, well, that's rape. And I said, well, he didn't push me down. He didn't hurt me. And I said, yeah, but he didn't have your consent. And I said, well, no. I didn't realize that at that point there are actually degrees of rape. Like, if you go to the RAIN, like the Rape Hotline online support, they have different first grade, second grade, and third and fourth different degrees of rape so it was like third or fourth degree rape it was actually like friends and leadership from my church at the time who told me no this is rape call this hotline they'll point you in the right direction you need to get help you need to get therapy and they kept pushing me to get help because they were very much they'll heal faster if you process this right away
0: I want to just pause here for a minute. That's not very common, that your church
1: people told you it was rape.
0: Like, that's amazing. I actually haven't heard a story like that in a really long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit watching out for me, putting people in my life to really push me in the right direction.
0: That's not a very common thing for clergy to help a rape victim identify the rape, especially when it's her own spouse that's very very rare
1: right when it's your own spouse and he didn't punch me he didn't push me down so they were really the ones who urged me to go to therapy and to go to therapy by myself for sexual trauma it wasn't one of these like oh you guys need to get into couples counseling the church all the friends I had they were like You need to heal from this before you can ever work on a relationship again. And same thing for him. They were like, he obviously has major issues. He needs to figure out what those are and get help for them before he can be in a relationship with you. So I felt like that all started me out on the right track, even though it was the harder track in some ways, because... I was very much just wanting things to get back to normal. I just wanted my life back. Not to say that I had like this perfect relationship or something like that. We definitely had issues.
0: Are you saying like at the time you didn't really understand the extent of the issues?
1: Yes, yes. That's a better way to put it.
0: Okay, so at the time you're thinking, I know we have issues, but like really? Do I have to go through all this stuff? That kind of a feeling?
1: yeah I knew that it was bigger than that I mean once I found out about the pictures especially I was like okay yes there's more going on here than it ever realized which is weird too I think I was in denial for many years because at one point I found a hidden camera in our bedroom and I was like what is this about and he was like well, when I would take the kids to school, you were getting undressed and I never got to see you get undressed anymore. And I miss taking pictures of you because he was always essentially stalking me when I would take a shower, when I would get undressed. He always had camera and he was always wanting to take pictures. And I was always like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Like, just let me take a shower. But I thought, well, he's my husband. He likes to see me naked. Like, that's good. Right? But It all was warning signs. So anyway, so I found the hidden camera, and I was really angry about it. But he was like, okay, I won't do it again. And I just thought, oh, okay, he won't do it again. I mean, that was years before I knew about the pictures online or anything like that.
0: When you find out about the pictures, what becomes clear to you at this point? I mean, have you been going to therapy at all before the rape before these things or you know have you been thinking there's something not quite right with my relationship something's kind of weird going on or were you thinking oh I have a great relationship can you talk about your thoughts before the rape and then also before you found out about him posting porn
1: it's hard to explain because I wouldn't say like there was anything seemed super wrong our relationship beforehand it seemed fairly normal to me I wanted him to pay attention to me more I felt like I'm the mother of three kids and like I was a stay-at-home mom and I was always just wanting him to come home and spend some time with me but he had an excuse to go do something else And he had decided he wanted to start this new business. I was like, why? Don't. Don't start this business, please. I never get to see you. I need you to be home. I need you to be a part of this family. He just was like, well, if you don't want to be a part of it, you don't have to. But I'm going to do it anyway. I was, of course, upset about that. But to me, it's like, well, it's nothing to get divorced over. Probably should have gone to therapy. But I just thought, well, he's going to do what he wants to do and I'll stay out of it if I don't like it.
0: Well, ironically, had you gone to therapy at that time, you not knowing you were being abused, couple therapy wouldn't have helped you a whole lot, but you didn't know what you didn't know.
1: Right. Yeah. I had no idea. And so there was just this sort of like, we both felt busy, had my own business. He was starting a business. We have, I just remember thinking like, I can't wait till we can spend more time together. Looking back at everything, it's a weird combination of, it's almost like I was begging for his attention, but yet he was also like obsessed with me. I mean, he was obsessed with me in a sexual way. It was almost like I couldn't have his attention any other way
0: because he's taking pictures of you all the time and he's doing these things that make you feel uncomfortable. At the same time, at least it's something.
1: Right, right. And there was one point where I even thought, well, I wonder if he's seen somebody else because he never comes straight home after work. I would call his work and I would say, hey, has he left yet? I would say, yeah, he left two hours ago. And I didn't know what that was about. And I thought, well, I'll just put out any time he wants because that way he won't have a reason to go sleep with somebody else. I mean, looking back, I'm like, that was so stupid.
0: <laughs> We've all been there, Sandy. We have all been there. So no, it was not stupid. Makes total
1: sense. Yeah. You don't know what else to do. Our kids were so young. I wanted to be married. Looking back, I can tell I was like in a complete state of denial, really, about everything that was going on. Because if I had sort of looked a little harder or a little deeper, I would have found something.
0: I wouldn't call it denial per se, because denial sort of puts the fault on you. I would say that you were seeking safety. And at the time, the safest thing to you felt like having a good attitude or giving sex more or whatever, because the alternative seemed terrifying. So I wouldn't call it denial so much as just you were really seeking safety and and the alternative was too scary. The reason why I I don't want to call it denial is because they purposefully confuse and manipulate and lie. And so it's not like you're in denial about something that you know. You're just confused about something that they're trying to, on purpose, obfuscate from your knowledge. It only confirms that you were a victim of psychological and emotional abuse. So it sounds like you tried the like, oh, I'll have sex with him whenever he wants. I'll try to be a better mom. I'll try to, you know, be better. And those things didn't work. And then you f- you find out about the pictures. So where do you go after that? Like what happens after you find out he produces porn? Of me. And he's posting this online without my consent.
1: Right. Obviously, like I said before, I just felt torn apart. I did not know which way was up. I didn't know what to do. So I started therapy and the therapist was like, have people around you that help you to feel safe. Have people that you can talk to at any point. Friends, family, whoever that is. Maybe it's just one or two people. And do everything you can. Just get back into doing things that you enjoy, um, that you find healing. In the meantime, I was trying to figure out, okay, but how do I like live with this person? Because at, at the time, I didn't know that I wanted to get divorced or, or anything. I was just trying to figure out which way was up. Did
0: anybody at the time, and I'm not saying you should have done this, so, so I'm just trying to put out there that I'm not trying to say... Did you do this, like in a judgmental tone? But did anyone uh, indicate to you that you could press charges?
1: Yeah, because I was still speaking with a person on the rape hotline pretty regularly. So I mentioned to this person on the hotline about the pictures, and they were very much like, you may need to get the police involved to get the pictures taken down, they said, but be aware that if you go to the police, they may in fact press charges, like, even if you don't want them to. And so in some ways, I was told, like, be careful what you do, because essentially, I mean, if he gets put on the sex offender list, he would lose his job. It was like, I could not make a decision in the state of shock and trauma in regard to that So I told him, we need to get these pictures taken down. He said, okay, I'll hire a private company. So we did not go to the police right away. Or I didn't. He told me the pictures were taken down by this private company that he hired.
0: One of the questions I have is, looking back now, do you think it would have been better to press
1: charges? I do now. I can sort of explain what happened is now I'm much better I mean obviously not completely healed from the trauma but I'm in a place where I can talk about it a little easier and I actually did go to the police because I kept having these panic attacks that the pictures weren't down and I thought I don't know because he just continues to do things that make me nervous even though we're not married and we're not living together or anything I mean we share custody of the kids but trauma comes back and you just sort of like sometimes I freak out right (laughs) and so I thought okay I'm just gonna go to the police I had the list from the company that he hired of all of the links which was six pages worth (laughs) of links to my images anyways I take this to the police and they say, okay, you know, we'll look into it, and mind you, two years has passed since the company took them down, and I did find out that, yes, they are officially down. The company took them down, so that was good news, that, and and that he was telling the truth on that one, but they didn't seem to think I could press charges. They didn't really seem to care that this had been done, and that, I was sort of told, well, there's nothing we can do. It was two years ago. It was too long ago. And I thought, it just seems weird. How can something be such a crime? I mean, he could have gone to jail. He could have, you know, been put on the sex offender list. he could've. So many things could have happened two years ago if I would have reported it. But now, now that it's been two years, they're like, well, I don't really see anything happening if we report this.
0: That is super disappointing. One of the things I'm trying to help women understand is that when you don't report something, immediately when it happens, there are good reasons to report and good reasons not to report. And so we're never judgmental around here about women reporting or not reporting. But I want women to know that that sense of I can't report this or I shouldn't report this for some reason is usually the abuse talking. It's not Justice speaking, generally speaking, and most women, once they get past the trauma and they're feeling better, they really regret not reporting back in the day. If any victim is listening right now and they're thinking, Yeah, my husband did do a crime and I haven't reported it, and should I report it or not? If your gut or your, what you really feel like is, I can't report. I would submit that the most likely thing happening currently for you is that it's the abuse telling you not to report. And you're so used to this abusive voice in your head and also the societal scripting or perhaps religious scripting, like he might lose his job or what about him? Again, I had a discussion with a friend the other day and she was like, well... We really need to do these things and hold them accountable out of compassion for them, right, so that they can change. And that's true. But I also said, you know, it's interesting. As a victim of abuse, you don't really have to justify your actions through, like, it's the most compassionate thing I can do for him so he can change. You could also do it just out of sheer anger, you don't have to be like, well, I need to do it from a place of love. No, <laughs> you can you can actually hold them accountable and call the police from a place of anger or from a place of trauma or from a place of anything that you want. It's fine. It's okay. And I think society has said to victims, well, you can't be an angry, bitter woman. So if you're going to do it, you have to do it from some place of forgiveness or some place of compassion or some place of whatever it's just something for people to think about that as a victim you don't owe your perpetrator anything
1: right I had to get to that place because I completely agree now I realized I did not do anything wrong and for me to report what he did like I was a victim of a crime I need to report that crime that's how I look at it now Whereas before, yeah, it was very much like you said, can't do this to him, it would destroy him, it would be so bad, it would be bad for his job. And I mean, and I was thinking about our kids too. They love their dad, it would be terrible if he was in jail, you couldn't spend time with them. But also, I did not do these things. I should not have to make that choice of whether or not he goes to jail. I was the victim. And I felt like that weight was on me to decide what his fate was.
0: Right, and you just leave that up to the justice system, really. If someone witnessed someone stealing a car, no one would say, okay, now before you call the police, you might be shaken up. You might pick up the phone and you might be like kind of shaking because you saw this car get hijacked, let's just pretend. And it's like, uh, uh. someone might not say to you, oh, well, let's stop shaking before you call the police. Let's make sure that you're doing it from a place of really loving and having compassion for the guy that stole the car. Nobody says that. At the time, though, you're considering, I don't know if I want to get divorced or not, you know, those kinds of things. So talk about when you decided that you needed to just end the relationship and get divorced.
1: Well, I feel like I spent about a year convincing him that what he did was, I mean, obviously not right. He knew what he did wasn't right, but... He didn't understand why he needed to go to therapy. I mean, he basically was like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. And I was like, no, you need to get help. And so he went through a couple of therapists, and he had one that he was with for a while. And I asked to sit in on conversation, talk about some of my concerns. And I realized with this therapist, he did not tell her like half of what was going on. And I said, well, what about this and this? And I said, don't you see there's a pattern like with the pictures and him following me around with the camera and and camera in the bedroom and then there are pictures online. There's a pattern here. There's something wrong with him. At this point, I was just starting to learn about sex addiction, porn addiction, that kind of stuff. And I hadn't put all the pieces together. And the therapist was like, oh, oh, you didn't tell me about that. (laughs) And I just thought, oh my gosh, at that point, he moved out.
0: I'm going to cut Sandy off right here. We're going to continue this conversation next week. If this podcast is helpful to you, please support it. Go to btr.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on support the podcast. Similarly, many of you have bought and read Trauma Mama Husband Drama. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on our books page. Our books page is a curated page of books that we approve of, that we think you really need. Go to our books page. When you click on things on our books page, it just takes you directly to Amazon. So it's it's not like you're not gonna be at Amazon anyway, but at least there's a curated list there. For those of you who have purchased Trauma Mama Husband Drama, please give it a five-star rating on Amazon. Again, every single one of those ratings helps isolated women find us. And even if they don't buy the book, they can find our podcast from that description. And so it will help. Thank you to all of you who support us and help other women find us through posting articles or podcast episodes on your social media or tagging us. Helping women understand that pornography use is an abuse issue is our mission. And we really appreciate your help. And the women who find us due to your help posting or spreading the word are super grateful as well. So until next week, stay safe out there.